0: Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor, we're, uh, here with Mike, and we're excited to be with you. The podcast today is about a single verse. It's the verse 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 11, and we're going to talk as we talk about that verse, especially about forsaking sin. Uh, forsaking sin. So if you want to get that verse up in front of you, just to even kind of be able to follow along as we're talking, that might be helpful. But the verse says this, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. So Mike and I, Mike, we just want to unpack this mm-hmm. and talk about forsaking sin. So can mm-hmm. I just pass it to you with this first question? As a pastor, what kind of conversations do do you end up in with people who are struggling with their sin? Um, have you had, and not to, to speak to specifically, but are there things happening in our church right now where you're seeing the, the need and the urgency to talk about forsaking sin? What does that look like? Um, mm-hmm. I'll just leave it there with you.
1: That's a great question, Connor. And uh, let me tell you this, there's nothing right this moment. It's just, I think continually through pastoral ministry, this has been a consistent question that has come to me. And it's something I think about. It's something that a lot of Christians think about. I think real Christians think about these questions. And I think this is probably the episode everyone's afraid of, and we should have probably put the title as, don't listen to this, you know, because we're talking about forsaking sin. We don't talk about forsaking sin very often. We talk about confessing sin, admitting it. We talk about repenting of sin, um, you know, turning from it. But the idea of forsaking it really brings that all together. The idea that You admit your sin, you forsake it in the sense that you go away from it. And that's the idea of the fruits of repentance that show. But I find people are asking me quite often, I'm struggling with this and I feel like maybe I'm not a Christian. And it comes up more and more, especially if someone has come from more of a legalistic background, where it's a perfectionism kind of thing, where if you're really a Christian, there won't be any slight bit of unconfessed sin and you will feel good all the time you know you'll feel you'll feel light and airy and you'll be able to just to fly on the heights of the glorious clouds of of God's goodness you know and it's like no real christian living looks like discipline and it looks like joy that comes after doing the right thing mm. not joy that you don't feel joy and then do the right thing you you do the right thing and then God's joy just floods Hmm. You know. So anyway, I think, uh, listen, so I want to do is break down this verse, okay?
0: So why don't you read, can you read it for us again? Yeah, let me read it. So uh, Peter is writing and says, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. First Peter 2, verse 11. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go, you know, word by word, okay? And I'll say
1: something, you say something. Go that? Yeah. We'll start with Beloved. Loved ones, the care. I, I just, I think of this beautiful pastoral care. What do you
0: think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, Love these people. Loved ones. Okay. I
1: urge you. Now that's, I beseech you. I literally beg you to do something. Mm-hmm. I am literally, um, this is Romans 12, 1, right? I beseech you by the mercies of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. This is the idea of like literally imploring, begging, beseeching, encouraging. I urge you as sojourners and and exiles, the idea of being an alien, living in a foreign country, right? Hmm. Our citizenship is in heaven.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was just going to say even about Uh, back to I urge you it's the same word that's used of the Holy Spirit called the comforter it's that same word and so it's not like a uh, an old school teacher wagging the finger at you it's this very comforting encouraging um advocating kind of urging urging yes so it's it's urgent and and imperative but um this really kind of fatherly uh, you know, approach, comforting and, and saying, please do this. This is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, sojour- sojourners and exiles, people living in a foreign land. I'm with you on that. Okay, how about abstain, Mike, to abstain? Hey, let me go really
1: quick back to sojourners and exiles. Yeah. Um, okay, so sojourner is the idea for alien, right? You're living in a foreign country. But exile is a different word, and it's literally you're going to go for a very brief visit. Kind of like when you and I went to Africa for... 14 days or whatever. Or I'm going to go to Italy coming up. So this idea that you're you're going to make a brief stay. You're you're a temporary sojourner, which what he what he does is he's saying, look, you're living in a foreign country and your time on earth is relatively short compared to eternity. Right. And put that in perspective. So I think that's I think that's a key right there on that exile word. And then you get mm. to abstain. That is a heavy word, okay? That literally means stay away from, okay? Mm-hmm. Like hold yourself back from It's like when, like me at the, at the Christmas cookies, you know, the Christmas cookie table at my family gatherings, they had two kinds of cookies I really wanted. And they were these anise cookies and these strudel cookies. And my, two of my cousins would make these. And I'm telling you, I would pound those things. They're like, Hey, we didn't make those. We made those for you, but not just for you, Mike. So I think, but I had to hold myself back uh, from, you know, from eating too much. This is saying, hold yourself back from something bad.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking of just the um, the proverbs. I think it's proverbs five and maybe proverbs seven that both have the idea in terms of the adulterous woman. Keep mm-hmm. your wife far from from her house. And, mm-hmm. and Peter's going to talk about fleshly desires in a second, so yeah. it might be appropriate actually to mention that specific sin, sexual sin. But yeah. but um, yeah. among other things, just this admonishment: Hey, you need to stay far away. Um, this isn't just a resist temptation in the moment kind of encouragement but this is a how can you conceive of your whole life as absolutely set apart you're in exile you don't belong here you belong to a different place and you're far away from these these passions that wage war against you
1: it's kind of like when you go to the doctor and the doctor says hey you you shouldn't eat this food anymore else it's going to kill you Okay. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Uh, this is the kind of thing you want to not indulge in this anymore, but it, it is, it's, it's what in, is, what is of the flesh. So the passions of the flesh, the impulses that belong to your lower nature, to your basest instincts, to mm-hmm. your, to what belongs to your selfish side. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the when I think of the flesh to, uh, I'm. I'm trying to think if there's other places where Peter uses it, but I just think of kind of that animal instinct. Yeah. Not guided by the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. Not brought up. Not not lifted above. Just this kind of almost guttural. This is what my body wants, and yeah. so it could have obviously kind of food and drink type connections, but especially sexual sin is probably. I think probably in view here. Uh-huh. Um, again, among other things. What yeah. about this idea that it wages war against your soul, these passions?
1: Yeah, man, I, I've, I've talked to so many people. I'm like, okay, so you're... I, I'll ask someone. Someone will say to me, you know, I've been struggling. And I'm like, is there anything you're struggling with in particular? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, okay, well, that's waging war against your soul. If I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times. And I know it's true in my own life. But this idea is the, the fleshly lust, the passions of lust, the passions of the flesh is what wages war against your soul. So like they're bombarding you. It's like it's like uh, lobbying, you know, hot buckets of tar, uh, you know, fiery tar or flaming arrows mm-hmm. or or uh, scud missiles that it's they carrying on a military campaign of attack. And it and the word emphasizes it's the present tense so it emphasizes a continual warfare. This is going on. This when you go and do this you're literally running up to the battle line and kind of doing the, you know, thumbing your nose at the enemy and making them chase after you. Hmm. Like you're literally going and uh, and picking a fight with the devil. When the you sense. go and do that sin, you're saying? Yes. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's going to wage war against your soul. That thing that you're doing that, that you think is pleasurable, you know is ruinous, it's not just ruinous, it attacks you. Right.
0: Yeah. This is making me think that in my own life, and I think for a lot of us, we're just often, way too passive in our thinking about how, how we're fighting against sin in our life. Almost like there's these moments, you know, maybe throughout my day or occasionally in a week, in a month, where sin really comes after me. But most of the time, I'm just kind of shuffling my feet forward, just kind yeah. of living my living my life. But this is yeah. saying, no, the, the, the desires of the flesh, the passions of the flesh are coming after you almost like a, an, a coordinated army you know on the hunt uh-huh. and that's happening every day all the time um, that doesn't mean that we live in fear but it gives it gives this maybe sense of soberness urgency to our life and and a sense of uh, desire to um, be honest with our own hearts about ways in which we might be falling into you know these different temptations and lures and attacks yeah um, what else would you say mike just, well, yeah, what, what, just jumping off of what you just said, the way too
1: passive thinking about fighting sin, it's like, we think it's a petty argument, it's desert storm, or it's shock and awe, or, you know, it's, it's, it's going to lead us to grief and anguish, and we, I do believe it, we, it's almost like you see, sometimes I'm walking my dog, and I'll be um, hiking, and I'll come up against, I'll come up to someone else walking theirs, okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Another, another person hiking their dog but they don't have a leash. They're off leash. And what will happen is it happens every single time. Oh, she's friendly or he's friendly as the thing comes barreling towards my dog ready to, you know, eat it in one in one bite. And it's like I don't know that it's 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 nice. I don't know that but it's like but it's almost like we downplay it.
0: Right. Oh, it's no big deal. And maybe especially as you as you move Forward and make progress in the Christian life, there can be a temptation to say, "Well, I used to struggle with this, this or that, and it was yeah. this big sin, and that's kind of gone away." And so it's like we take the, you know, the the foot off the gas pedal a little bit, and things that are still uh, offensive towards God and towards other people around us, yeah, more subtle things, deep things of the heart, our pride, our our anger, our arrogance, our laziness, whatever it may be, yeah, um, we give these things a pass, like, well, yeah, that's I know that's not you know what it should be, but. Um, but, but obviously the Lord is, is calling us to love him with all our heart, soul, mind and strength, which is a total engagement. Um, what do you think about this idea, Mike? I was just thinking of the word abstain, stay far away from, um, it seems like Peter's almost, he's almost giving them like a, what's the word for like medicine in medicine when you treat something or you're doing something out to get out in front of something like before it even happens. Get, Get out, out in front. front. What's that? Get, yeah. Anticipate. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking of a medical term, and it's not coming to my mind right now, but that's okay. Preventative? Mm, preventative medicine, maybe. Yeah, this is like preventative medicine, where he's getting out in front of it and saying, hey, don't even go down that road.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I, I was going to try this idea on with you. Um, it seems like maybe one of one of the reasons that we want to stay far from sin is that the moment that we do engage it it potentially becomes something that wraps us up and starts to cling on to us and maybe it becomes easier for us to go back to that sin because we didn't abstain in the first place is that yeah. fair to say
1: yeah it arm bars you it gets yeah. you what's what's the uh there's an arm bar what else is there you, you know there's like <laughs> in, a in of, mma a holds i don't huh? know i don't know what is it you tap out well, you have American arm lock,
0: you or there you go. Uh-huh. I know this because my daughter's doing jujitsu right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All I can say is this: I, I will I tell you what I'm thinking of. Romans 6:14. It says, "Sin shall not have dominion over you." But the idea there is that you went to it, you went to it, and let you lock you up, let it lock you up, like you you offered your wrists right. to sin, yeah, and and they cuffed you, and it cuffed you. And the thing is, imputed righteousness, which is a key element of our justification should cause you to say no yeah <laughs> no yeah not doing that right but what do we do we walk headlong
0: i i'm thinking of acts 8 where peter speaks to simon the magician who tried to buy the gift of god with money and he says in verse 23 i see that you're in the ga- the gall of bitterness and the bond mm-hmm. of iniquity yeah. um and i'm thinking of hebrews where it talks about esau eventually seeking you know not being able to repent though he saw it with tears yeah um just makes me think i don't want to mess with sin in my life you know even the the slightest little you know perception i have of it raising its head it just needs to be something that i absolutely like just rip out of my life whack-a-mole style you know just take it so seriously yes um and peter um i'm going back to to first peter two now the context I think is important too. If you just scan up, he's talking about their set apart status as a holy nation of people who've yeah. been bought by, by Christ and who are called for God's own possession. So when you start to to think on those things, you go, Man, to live in sin is absolutely inconsistent with who I am at the most fundamental aspect of my being.
1: Yeah. I mean think about if you're going back to I'm I'm kind of still hung up on Romans six right now and yeah. I'm I'm looking at it, I'm like, wait, to count, go back to six eleven in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's idea of consider or reckon or think yeah. or credit. The idea is that the imputed righteousness has already been credited to your account, but now you are to be thinking, and you think about renewing of the mind, you're thinking about putting on the Lord Jesus, um, what is it, Galatians 5, uh, do not go back to a yoke of slavery. Um, the idea of, um, of you've got to actively with your mind resist sin and i think the idea of of telling yourself the truth can be a a uh, you know a deterrent from from going into the fleshless and and help you abstain yeah because i think that word abstain is really strong but it's going to have to do with your thinking before your actions yeah yeah
0: yeah it's helpful how about just keep going on this mike more practical encouragements for somebody who even maybe they're saying i'm already feeling like i'm trapped or, or caught by a particular sin or maybe they're just they're worried and wanting to be careful for the future yeah you just have so many conversations over the years how do you encourage believers in this of this war to abstain from sin yeah okay first i point him to
1: i and this might sound weird you might go aren't you want to get them to confess first no they're bleeding out confessing okay so it's like no they need to know you need to rest in jesus and his forgiveness that jesus i've said this so many times jesus says whoever comes to me i will not cast out yeah he's not throwing you away okay so the idea of if someone's saying, look, I'm so messed up. I, I don't know if I'm a Christian or not because I'm sinning so much rest in Jesus's forgiveness, rest in the gospel, rest in the finished work of Christ, rest in what Jesus did and accomplished once for all. And I think that's the biggest, Amen. you know, then hmm. believe the truth, mm-hmm. like force feed. And I've t- I tell people this force feed yourself, the truth until, until it, it tastes good. Okay. Like, like, um, Yes for and people look at the, they they look at me with puzzled looks and they're like what? I thought I was supposed to want to do that. I'm like you're not going to want to unless you just try it. It's like a food. Oh, I don't like that food. Um oh, have you ever tried it? No, I just know I don't like it. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. You know, so like rest in Jesus, believe in the truth, and then yeah, keep confessing and forsaking your sin, like turn from it. For, uh, forsake it. You have to say no to it. And then, you know, get get yourself involved in doing something else that's good.
0: Like, do the next good thing. That's Help. what I tell people. It's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. No, I love it. I I um, I think that one thing that's just become more, it's, it's loomed larger and larger in my mind, maybe in the, over the last few years, is just this idea that the, the life that the Lord calls me to live in obedience to Him is the most joyful life I could ever live. Yeah. Um, and I think to just, to just encourage people with that, to, to remind them and remind ourselves every time I am choosing between obedience to Christ or whatever else seems good to me. I just remind myself, yeah. Jesus came to set me free. You know, mm-hmm. um, he came to give me life and life to the full. His commandments are life. Yes. Um, you know, and so to follow him in obedience is going to lead me into the most blessed life I could possibly live. Um, yes. Just thinking of John 14, um, he says, abide in my love. And then he says, if you keep my commandments, yeah. you will abide in my love. In other words, to obey me is going to give you the greatest experiential uh, enjoyment of my love. Yeah. And that's what I want. You know, that's what any believer wants. Oh, yeah. Just as I've kept the, com- uh, the, the Father's commandments and abide in his love. And then John, f- I'm sorry, I said 14, 15. This is John fifteen eleven. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Yeah. So Jesus, is, He's just connecting the dots so clearly. If you keep my commandments, you get to enjoy my love. And the point of this is that my joy would be in you. Your joy would be full. Yeah. Um, so that's a positive motivation. You know, even alongside the negative motivation of the fear of falling into sin and being trapped in that, there's the positive aspect of man. I really want to obey Christ because there's so much joy there waiting for me. Yes. Anything else you'd add, Mike?
1: You know, love. Yeah. You know,
0: love. If you love Jesus, you're gonna want to obey Jesus.
1: Okay. Um, I'm thinking about James, and I'm thinking about. In James chapter 4 and verse 5, and this is the whole idea, the context of what causes quarrels and fights. And isn't it your passions that are at war within you? Kind of going back to our verse even today, there's passions at war. You desire and do not have, you murder, you covet and cannot obtain, you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. And then he says this, verse 4, you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So, again, we've yeah. got this warfare aspect. And then, verse five Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? And the idea, and it goes on to say he gives more grace, poses the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I just think that idea of like he he jealously yearns for the spirit that he put in us. The idea he wants us, he wants us to please him. Yep. He wants us to to truly love him with all the heart, mind, soul, and strength. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just I think of. There's a hymn that says, "Think what Father smiles are thine," mm-hmm. and um, just think about that obedient Christian has the assurance that the Father is just pleased by their life. And he's jealous for their life, you know, Mm -hmm. that they would continue down that road. Yeah. There's just so much hope and enjoyment in that. Yeah. Um, Trying to think, are there there any other good questions that we could ask or just ways to kind of um, unpack this? How about about this question, Mike? Where does the confession of sin fit into um, forsaking sin, you know, abstaining from these passions? Where does th- confession fit in?
1: Yeah, I think it rolls all the way through. You know, sometimes, and I like the way you you worded that. But sometimes we we will kind of think that just can you just give me the four things I need to do in order, linear order. You know, yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, no, it's not like that. It's like repentance is a gift from God, and when He grants you repentance, fruits of repentance will come out. What will it be? A change of mind. You'll turn around. You'll do the. You'll turn from sin and turn to Christ once again you will be confessing, you'll be admitting, you'll be confessing God's goodness and your sinfulness. You'll be admitting your sins to God. And it won't just be, I checked that box off, God, why are you still looking at me? It's not going to be like that, okay? So it's like, it's confession, repentance, forsaking. Mm -hmm. It's like forgiving, okay? It's like forgiving. You know, if you punch me in the nose, I can say, and you say, I am so sorry, I got mad at you and I punched you in the nose say, so, well, you broke my nose and it's bleeding and this, that, and the other. And you say, please forgive me. I say, okay, I forgive you. Well, my nose is hurting for two weeks. I'm thinking about you for two weeks. Okay. <laughs> and every time, every opportunity that I have to go, that Connor, I can't wait to punch him back in the nose. What happens is I have to actively forgive you again yeah, or apply right. the forgiveness. That's right. And just like you are going to feel bad for two weeks because you see the bruise, you see the big, you know thing that has to go over my nose I have to you know and then I'm like you know flinching when I'm around you and it's like seriously you're going buddy I really am sorry I, I meant to hit Tanner instead of you you know <laughs> uh I I, I I grazed I grazed off of Tanner and it went straight into your nose I really wasn't mad at you I was mad at Tanner whatever it was you're going to be like I'm so sorry I'm, I'm sorry you're not going to say it once and I don't think that's like a weakness or weirdness I think it's like that's just normal we process things and sometimes we do. People will tell me, when I became a believer, I was so convicted of my sin that I ran down the aisle and accepted Jesus, and I did that five times. And I'm like, that's just because you really, really wanted to be saved. Now, God knows when he saved you. You didn't get saved five times in a row, you know, and they're like, I know, I know. But it shows a tender heart. Like a tender heart keeps trying. As far as possible, Romans 8, Romans twelve, eighteen. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with all people. That means that you're going to keep trying and trying and trying, and you're not going to just check off a box once and go, Don't look at me. I already said. Forg- I already said I, forg- I, I. I'm apologizing or whatever. Yeah. You're not going to have a hard heart, right? And a tender heart, right? A tender heart just processes, and doesn't just. Not everyone is wired the same way, but the process is. Uh, is um, is just that. It's not a one time. That's helpful.
0: Moment. Yeah. yeah. I was just thinking of uh, Galatians six one brothers. If anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, if if we are caught in sin, that verse it applies to the person who you know is helping but it also it it speaks to the person who's caught in sin and says if you're not availing yourself of people to help you in a spirit of gentleness walk through this sin mm-hmm. that's called pride you know yeah. um, and god opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble so i don't know how many people there are who could just relate to the experience of saying i really wanted to kick this sin by myself so i wouldn't have to let anybody else into my life and see how messed up i was but I, I found out I couldn't make any traction. It was only when I humbled myself and, and brought other people in who could restore me in a spirit of gentleness where God started to help me move the chains a little bit. Yeah. Um, so just I think, I think that w- where there is already that pattern of sin that needs to be escaped from, the confession not to, to the Lord, absolutely, but then confession to other trusted believers is absolutely essential. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think we're coming towards a close. Mike, is there anything else that you'd want to add before we wrap this one up?
1: Well, during this whole podcast, I've had something in my right eye. As you both have said, like, I've taken off my glasses twice and gone, "Oh man, I got this thing in my eye. It's like an eyelash that just got like upside down and twisted around." Okay, and the thing is, it just keeps bugging me. And you know what it's doing?
0: It's it's irritating you. It's
1: waging war against my eye. Okay, <laughs> it's waging war against my well being. No, well, it, that's kind of like if you think about it. Go back to our, our verse: abstain from fleshly lusts that wage war against your soul. Now, I didn't put something in my eye, okay? It just happened. There are times something just pops up on your screen and you're going to have a choice. You're going to follow it. Like right now, you're going, Mike, stop trying to get that thing out of your eye. I'm doing it right now as I'm talking. You see it, okay? I've got like a a Kleenex and I'm trying to get this thing out of my eye. Well, what happens is, it happens with a thing in your eye, happens with a sliver. You keep trying and trying and all you're doing is driving it in deeper because you're fixated on that. And you have to get your eyes on Jesus. Hmm. And okay. Now, now this is where this illustration breaks down. Okay. But I mean, at some point, you just have to get your eyes on Jesus and say, "Lord, I can't figure this out. Right. I'm I'm digging a deeper hole. Yeah. I I I'm not working this out well. I my desire is, but I've I here's where I've found myself. Rescue me, Lord. And and that's going to mean that you'll make some choices, but probably means you're going to talk to a good friend. Who will tell you the truth not just the easy person that you know is going to coddle whatever you're doing you want real help so you're going to go to the person that will really give you real answers and it's going to mean they process with you and lovingly help to restore you in a spirit of gentleness
0: yeah yeah amen i think that's a great place to end i don't have anything else to add uh listeners thank you for uh thank you for catching the podcast hope that it was an encouragement to you and gave you some good things to to think about and maybe to take action on Uh, Until next week, for those of you who are at Grace, we love you, and we're praying for you and and thankful for you. Um, And uh, that's a wrap for the day. So God bless you. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you next time.